1: Queen Elizabeth is at Sandringham to mark her accession to the throne. You would initially think this is a
0: celebratory event for her, but actually, you know, it is the anniversary of her father's death.
1: Plus, Prince Charles honors William and Harry, and William tells Kate not to get any ideas when it comes to another baby. <laughs> <laughs> And security expert Richard A., Director of Operations for Mobius International Security, breaks down why not giving Prince Harry police protection is a huge risk. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally S. Hello to our fellow Royal lovers and welcome to Royally S. I'm Christina. That's Christine. Welcome to another week of Royal News. And Christine, we got a lot to get to this week. Yeah,
0: surprisingly a lot to talk
1: about Yeah, I know, I feel like we say that every week But every week they keep on delivering So there's a lot to get to (laughs) Um, But before we get to all that We have to check in and see what you guys had to say About last week's show, kicking it off with Deborah, Who said this would have all been spelled out To Harry upon him leaving He is more than well aware of UK protocol The police security has been reduced Over the years anyway Now this is of course talking about Harry's um, Petition to have police protection When he Goes to the UK um, with his family. We're going to break this all down with Richard a little bit later on. and he, he kind of really does go into detail about why giving him this police protection is so important. Yeah, I
0: think it's a really interesting conversation that we've all been having and hearing different perspectives on in the next couple of weeks. And I guess only time will tell how this plays out.
1: Yeah, totally. All right. Going off to Lori says, I'm honestly not sure what to think about Harry's security situation, but I can definitely see both sides. Like Kristen said, great guest this week. I thought it was a well-balanced interview. I do feel bad for the queen and hope that the Jubilee isn't overshadowed too much by all the drama. I agree. Hopefully it's not all drama. And this is, you know, this is a cause for celebration. It's going to, you know, 70 years, it's going to be a big to do. So hopefully it's not all. Did Harry do this? Did Harry do that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I am
0: hoping that we kind of work through all of these issues now so that by the time June comes around, we can really put the focus where it belongs.
1: Totally. All right. And then lastly, he goes to speak. Easy says things will never be the same between the brothers. Harry has crossed too many lines of hurt. I feel like, you know, we've talked about this, uh, you know, meant countless times. We'll never really know what goes on behind closed doors. But, you know, hopefully in the future, they can kind of mend their relationship if they haven't done so already. Right. Yeah, I
0: agree. It's, we can only speculate on this so many times, but I hope one day we see, you know,
1: peace between the brothers. Hopefully. All right. Well, let's get into our royal roundup and kick it off with Queen Elizabeth. After months at Windsor Castle, she traveled to Sandringham to honor a tradition, 70 years on the throne. But like we said in last week's show, this is also a, a, a time of mourning as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, you 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 would initially think this is a celebratory event for her. But actually, you know, it is the anniversary of her father's death and I think her father died quite early you know she was very very young so it was a huge transition for her so she tends to spend this day privately in a time of reflection so she's gone up to Sandringham which is such an important place to her I I think you know it it really must feel like home for her it's in such a beautiful setting in Norfolk normally she goes up there in December ahead of the Christmas season but she stayed in Windsor for Christmas and for the new year she's now going up to Sandringham for a few weeks for this time so that she I think can have some peace and quiet
1: um, on such a momentous day. Yes. And this is also a place that she and Prince Philip spent a lot of time together. Uh, Prince Philip loved spending time at Sandringham. So I'm sure that this will be a way for her to kind of also reflect on the times that she shared with uh, Prince Philip there as well. So, you know, it's nice that she can kind of take this time and get away a little bit and, uh, you know, reflect.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, um, you know, Sandringham is a place with lots of memories. And I think that not only is this the 70th anniversary of her ascension to the throne, but it's her first sort of Mm -hmm. year without Prince Philip. So it must be a lot of emotions for her.
1: Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to Prince William, because he offered no comment when asked about Prince Andrew being stripped of his royal military titles while visiting the Fondling Museum. Take a look.
2: Prince Andrew? you
1: Yeah, I mean, um, the reporter really held nothing back. You know, asked, and then Prince William, like you saw, didn't hear him correctly. He asked it again, and he kind of just totally brushed him off, which understandable. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: Right. I think that, you know, the reporter is very gutsy for yeah. asking it. Not one, but twice. You know? um, but Prince William is never going to comment on these things in a public forum. You know, we talked about it last week where it was shocking when he made that comment saying we are not a racist family because the royals never really comment on these um Big dramatic stories at these events because they really want the narrative to be about whatever organization they're supporting. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that William said nothing. I'm more surprised that the reporter was brave enough to. <laughs>
1: clarify his question. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, I, I'm very ballsy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah <definitely. laughs> all right. Well, Kate and William have stayed quiet about their four legged addition to their family last year. Of course, they got a new puppy last year, but they shared a fun new detail about their pet while on a royal outing this past week. The couple visited the Clitheroe Community Hospital on Thursday, last Thursday, where they met a cockapoo puppy named Alfie um, as they took turns holding and petting Alfie. Kate said with a laugh, our dog is going to be very very upset. She's going to be like, where have you been? Well, good question. Where has this dog been? We want to see a picture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know we're all dying to see this dog. She did reveal that the puppy is a girl and Lupo, their dog who sadly passed away in the last year or so was a boy. So must be different to have, you know, I've never had a girl dog. I wonder what is the difference? Is the temperament different? But it was exciting. It's funny. Like we get these small morsels of details, like, Oh, it's a girl dog. And that's so interesting. (laughs) But we don't know the dog's name. Um, we do know that it came from a litter of pups bred from, um, James Middleton's dog and James, uh, breeds, Uh, Bred from Ella, who was their family dog, and now breeds from Ella's children. So this new female dog would be related to Lupo. Um... And Pippa, Kate's sister, also owns one of the dogs from um, James's you know, breeding of his dogs. So it was a big family affair of working Cocker
1: Spaniels. I love that. Hopefully we'll get a picture sometime soon. Hopefully. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is a, a sweet story because Prince William comforted an 11-year-old boy who recently lost his mother while paying a visit to a church on the street in Burnley, Lancashire. The Duke asked the boy, do you feel like you can talk about your mom? And when he nodded, speaking affectionately to the child, William added, is it? is difficult, but it gets easier. I promise you it does get easier. You know, it's, I, I can't imagine even after all these years, I'm sure it, you know, it does get easier in some ways, but still the wound is probably just as fresh. I know.
0: I can't imagine, but I think it's so, you know, that was such a vulnerable moment for Prince William, but it was so genuine because they can't, they don't really schedule these conversations. You you don't really know if that little boy was going to want to open up or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was just such a a really sweet, genuine, and probably incredibly impactful moment for that little boy to hear this from the future King of England that, you know, William saying, I've been there, it gets better, you know, um, and just to validate his feelings.
1: Yeah, definitely. Such a, such a sad moment, but like you said, something that I'm sure this little boy will take with him for a very long time. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to Prince Charles because he is actually honoring his sons after he opened a nature-based playground at Dumfries House in Scotland. Now, at the center of the playground is a large tower made from sustainably sourced English chestnut, which was inspired by the treehouse at his residence at Highgrove House. Now, the original treehouse was built for his sons to celebrate William's seventh birthday way back in 1989. And this is pretty cool. I mean, the, this treehouse looks awesome. <laughs>
0: I know, it looks like it's, it's such an incredible structure. Um, for children to go, you know, Prince uh, Prince Charles has really been working to rehabilitate Dumfries House into. Um, an incredible historic home. And I think adding this treehouse makes it a real local attraction, a real tourist attraction. People are going to love to bring their children there. And I think it's great that he's taking the memories from raising his boys, you know, at Highgrove, bringing them here for other families to experience with their children.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then this treehouse at Highgrove is still in good use. He actually renovated it a few years ago or spruced it up a little bit. So his uh, grandchildren, of course, uh, Prince George, Prince Louis, and princess charlotte can uh enjoy it as well hopefully a little bit and archie when they come on over but yes this is um still something that they uh get a lot of use out of so definitely a cool story yeah, I, lo-
0: I love this. It was so like grandfatherly. The whole project was very grandfatherly. It really yes. was.
1: All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and royal expert and friend of Princess Diana. Jenny Bond is speaking out about how Prince William is ready to become king. She told OK Magazine in the last couple of years, he has shown convincingly that he is the man for the role and that he cares about being king. She added, he's absolutely fully accepts the role and the responsibility destiny has put his way. I feel like he definitely, I feel like that's true. I feel like he has really accepted this role in the last couple of years. I don't know if you remember, it was an interview that he did a number of years ago when they asked, you know, do you want to become king? And I think his response was, well, nobody wants to become, nobody wants that in their future. Like, yes, I'm prepared for the role, but nobody seeks that out, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah, I I do remember that. And I think, you know, he lost his mother at such a key pivotal time in his um, adolescence that I imagine those late teens, early 20s, as he moved on from that trauma and kind of had to accept his role as an adult. Mm -hmm. He was probably, you know, not thrilled with his lot in life at that point in time. But I think he's really stepped into it. He's really grown into the role. There's a lot of speculation that Kate has helped him in lots of different ways, you know, accept his fate, so to speak, because you are completely right or he is completely right. I don't think anyone would really choose this role, but it was the one he's born into. And he's done a beautiful job of just accepting it and really growing into it.
1: Yeah, no, he's really taken on this leadership role. And it seems like he's you know, he, Prince Charles and, and the queen really sit down. This was more like a collaborative experience now for all of them kind of, you know, preparing for the future. And it's, and he is very much a part of those conversations. So doing a good job (laughs) all right so there are some reports that duchess kate may be getting a new title new colonel of the grenadier guards now she would actually make history if this happens um because she would be the first appointed female colonel of the grenadier guards and that would replace prince andrew so like we said she would be making history like This is like a 100 year old history, pretty much.
0: Yeah. And it would be so incredible. It sounds like they are really keen to have her represent, um, represent their organization. Mm -hmm. You know, they've even gone so much as to, you know, almost request it unofficially. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see if Kate steps into this role. It is a military role, but it is slightly more ceremonial. We might even see her in a military uniform, which we've seen from other members of the royal family, Princess Anne, Prince William. they have special ceremonial uniforms for whatever um, work Kate will be doing with them, whether it's at special events or um, commemorative events. So I think it would be a fantastic role for her. And it certainly sounds like they're really keen to have her.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It definitely sounds like this could uh, be history in the making and uh, definitely something that Kate can easily step into. So we'll have to wait and see when that happens. All right. Well now it is time to break down the Royal rules and this is obviously Obviously, a story that we've been following for the past couple of weeks, um, Prince Harry's security issues. So to help us do that is security expert Robert H. He is director of operations for Mobius International Security. He's going to break down Harry's security situation and why he doesn't think he will be heading home anytime soon. Take a look. All right. so let's kind of break down if you can help me break down this legal dispute between the british government over the decision not to let prince harry pay for police protection so what does this what does this mean
2: the uk government has got a a very difficult situation on their hands insofar as um many questions need to be answered due to the unprecedented situation with harry there is no uh manual or template to work for um members of the Home Office, um, Police Protection Command, um, and also palace officials come together as a form of committee, which is called the Royal and VIP Executive Committee. And this committee decides on who receives protection by the police, and if they do receive it, what capacity does that appear? So when Harry has relinquished his royal duties, uh, he goes over to the states, that move in itself uh, compounds greatly on the question of whether he receives ongoing police protection or not. Now, what the UK government has decided to do is to remove protection, or what it appears to be, is to remove his protection in its entirety. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I don't just solely mean by the personal protection officers that he normally has, but the full uh, scope of the protective effort as a whole. By virtue of the fact he is a senior member of the royal family, Mm -hmm. he is exposed to a wide variety of serious threats and the risks to those threats um, have increased since his departure from the royal family. Mm -hmm. The fact he no longer receives police protection, his risk to threats have certainly spiked. Now, when you make a comparison between um, uh prince harry and other members of the royal family who don't receive protection here you have harry who has served two tours in afghanistan Mm -hmm. um he is a very high profile member of the royal family and he is um uh somewhat developed a uh um, a band of people who would take offense to his actions from departing the royal family and moving over to the states so all of this collective actions have resulted in an increased uh, risk to those threats that were already present. Um, so cost alone shouldn't be based so solely on uh, his, um, the, the, the fact of um, uh, his role within the family and, and the taxpayer funded for that service. Right. Um, besides the fact that Howie has now removed that argument in its entirety, mm-hmm. he's offered to pay police protection, so, UK government can't turn around and say UK taxpayer isn't actually now going to fund this because you're no longer providing a service to the people. Howie is offered to pay for it as an entirety. Mm-hmm. So, when you have to make a comparison between the private sector in the UK and that of the government-led provision, um, there is no comparison whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not just we're not just uh, discussing the differences between manpower from the government police protection provision and that of the private sector. If Harry came over to the UK and he received uh, private sector only security, that security is compounded by not only the lack of uh, competence and performance on the ground generally by those individuals, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that you don't have the usual intelligence flows. But on top of that, which is probably the most influential aspect uh, over all of them, is the fact that they don't have the law on their side. So. Police, police provision uh, of protection to someone in the UK, because they have the power of the law, they can create uh, sterile and secure areas. They can prevent access by the civilians on, on, on the ground at venues. They can control traffic flow mm-hmm. and they can, they can go whatever speed they like. They can stop traffic. I mean, just, just this in itself reduces the risk to threat Quite considerably.
1: Could the royal family, could they step in and say do they can they trump that and say we want to give him police protection? Is that can they do that or or not?
2: I don't know the um, the social political uh, process here. Um, The royal family can, of course, express a grave concern over his security, Mm -hmm. which could influence the the outcome of decision making process with the committee. Um, there are palace officials involved in a decision-making process that they conduct, um, and no doubt it is influenced, but this influence, of course, um, I think there, there is, admittedly, there's, there, there is an undercurrent of um, uh, a political frustration with the situation, and the reaction seems to appear to be more of spite and rebuke than it is of actually focusing on threat. I mean when when we when we sit here and we we're, we're discussing possible worst case scenarios that could happen to Harry and Megan I dread to I dread to uh, hear the outcome of a conversation um that is to be had in who decided what mm-hmm. um and of course at the end of the day these decisions um they're not taken lightly by the committee and um uh, it's a collective decision so mm-hmm. not not one person's head would be uh, Scrutinised in the decision-making process, the whole collective would be. But nonetheless, none there will still be questions to be to be asked, answered. Um, if something did occur, yeah. and of course, um, there is a uh, an element of duty of care that I'm surprised hasn't actually been undertaken. Mm-hmm. It's been a complete wash of their hands. Um, the, the, at the end of the day, the, their outlook is. Um, Harry has decided to relinquish his royal duties. He's decided to go over to the States. He can then decide to have his own private security. And this is a, um, a huge error, I believe, um, on part of any duty of care, on part of any focus on the threats and how he's risked to those threats.
1: Now that he's made this public and released a statement about it, do you think that um, this petition will be reversed and he will get the pol- police protection that he needs?
2: Absolutely not, no. I don't believe that home office will back down whatsoever um, because if they did, um, th- that in itself would set a precedent for uh, future legal um, actions against them. They, they have to be committed now to their decision. Um, it's, it's a very difficult situation they've had. They've taken one route that I wouldn't have. Um, but, of course, they are privy to far much more uh, decision-making processes than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet again, I'm, I'm sat here purely focusing on the threat and risk to a former member of the royal family, or rather, a former member of royal duties, um, who will always be a member of the royal family, who has gone from um, a huge amount of police protection to none at all. Mm. Um, the private sector can do their best Now we only employ former government protection officers. We we can have someone who's provided protection to the prime minister on a Monday, uh, working for us on a Tuesday, and likewise for the royal family. Mm -hmm. So the standard is there on the ground, um, but they still won't have the powers of the law on their side. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the caliber of the individual, even though that is huge, because much to do with close protection is planning and preparation. but it's it's a huge aspect of police provision where they have the laws on their side that make all the difference, not to mention the intelligence.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting that like he broke this down and basically like even though you can hire private security, they don't have the same um, responsibilities. They don't have the same uh roles as police protection so they can't tell people what to do so he's literally just kind of walking around you know without any protection pretty much and now that he's made it public Richard said he doesn't think that Harry's going to get the protection that he wants so who knows if he's really even going to be able to come home
0: I know it's such a difficult situation I think for Harry for his you know his immediate his wife and his children but also his family as a whole Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out because it's such a difficult decision to make. But again, ultimately, Harry's got to take care of his family.
1: 100%. And he said, you know, even though he's not a member of the royal family anymore, we kind of talked about this last week, even though he's not a member of the royal family, he's still like one of the most recognized members of the royal family. He's still a senior member. So he (laughs) should be giving this protection. It's 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 really a, a difficult situation, but we'll see what happens. It really
0: is. Right. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids, and this was a fun moment. Prince William, let it be known that he is not interested in adding baby <laughs> number four to the family. Take a look at this. Oh,
2: look at it is.
1: Yeah, I love this. You know, Kate was snuggling that baby real close and you know she had a baby fever coming out of her eyes, but Prince William, really yeah.
0: <laughs> you could see it. Prince William was so funny. I Love he says you can't take her with you. Um, but yeah, I think lots and lots of husbands can relate to that moment of when you know your wife picks up another baby and sort of gives you that look.
1: Right. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. one more? <laughs> Maybe. Something tells me no. She had a really rough pregnancies. <laughs> with really uh, intense morning sickness. So, you know, I feel like she's, prob- she's probably done.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they are, but, you know, that's their decision.
1: And hopefully they're happy as, you know, a little family. Exactly, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful family. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down All Things Royals with me, as always.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. This was a fun week. There's a lot to get through.
1: A lot to get to. A lot of different uh, a range of stories, which we always like and not a lot of drama, which we like too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was was nice that a lot of the stories were, like you said, it was a good range, um, not a ton of drama to sift through, but just some upbeat stories to go through.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.